Hello, everybody. Welcome to Sonic Talk 410. That's a nice number. I have no idea what it means, but it sounds like it should be some sort of uh, have some t- portents. But, you know, I should have done some research. But frankly, I haven't had time this week. It's been crazy. Things just think, keep arriving. There's synths coming out everywhere. I'm sure, Mark Doty, you'll know what I'm talking about. You're a man who's yes. inundated by synthesizers. People throwing yes. them at your feet. I am buried in synthesizers, which I know a lot of people are saying, oh, wow, that must be so tough for you, Mark. But it's hard work. It, it actually, it's it's harder than it seems. But uh, anyway, that's Mark Doty uh, from Bob Moog Foundation, uh, where he is archivist, historian, synth demonstrator, lesson planner, many, many things to many people, and a podcast guest on Company Time. Thank you very much, Miss uh, Moog, for, uh, for your... For your for your time. That's why I, I, I didn't really... Have. Anyway, thank you, everybody, for joining us. Uh, I will introduce the rest of our guests here. I want to say thank you also to our chat room, Folsom, as it is, as you can imagine, what with yesterday's events. Why wouldn't it be? Because, of course, we've got the Yamaha Reface to talk about. But more on that a little bit later. We've also got uh, sponsors uh, in the form of Isotope. Isotope uh, will be announcing the winner of last week's competition, where you could win... Uh, Ozone 6.1. Uh, this week, they're changing it up a bit, and now it's Trash 2 which is beyond distortion, of all things. So uh, if you uh, want to stay tuned for that, that'll be happening about halfway through. Uh, but you'll have to keep watching for that. I want to thank them very much for their sponsorship of the show and also thank our guests. And we'll start over here with uh, Mr. Mark Tinley, who seems to have got his room back. and now I've has got a my room back. Bla- a room back. And, um, I've also I... got double-glazed window, and it's awfully nice. Oh, wow. You've also awfully. got new hair. Got a double-glazed window. <laughs> No, it's the same hair. It's the hair. same hair. It just looks... I've had this hair for 52 years. Thank you. <laughs> Lucky man. <laughs> um, yeah, I am. I'm unbelievably. Um, no, I've got double glazing, and I've got double glazing in my bedroom instead of a sheet of A4 paper for glass. So it's like I've been getting sleep and everything. Ah, I thought right. you were looking well. Oh. Of course, Mark Tinley, sound artist, uh, creative thinker, and guitarist. As you can see, just the edge of a guitar there. And he's got one in his hand as well. Ah, oh, that's an interesting looking thing. That's like a 335 type thing, isn't it? No. It is. A, it was made by Black Sabbath's <laughs> keyboard player. Wow, there, there's two things you wouldn't imagine would no, be. No, I know. <laughs> guitar it's made by Black Sabbath's keyboard player. Wow, that's interesting. Or well, half, mate. He made half of it and I screwed it all together. Um, I went to Minecon at the weekend. Ah, did you? Can I introduce Gaz before you tell us about that? Do that then, yeah. Maybe I'll do that. Gaz Williams, a professional bass player, a Glastonbury survivor, looking much more on the planet this week, if I may say so. Um, yeah, yeah, not that we minded yeah. at all. It sounded like you were having a lot of fun there. And uh, you're now back <laughs> in, uh, in your bass garret where you are working on mu- your music technologist and producer and all of those things. That's, yes. in fact, your very own yeah. home studio, right? It is. And those, I am being very much all of those elements that you just mentioned. And you may notice this missing panel here in, of the... The, the soundproofing here mm. and you might wonder what it's for but if you actually notice up here I've got some effects that need a lot of uh, tweakaroo and like it's, it's a hair kind of get close by so you did so, you remove it or did you actually make it fall off by your vigorous tweaking that <laughs> <laughs> Round. <laughs> you want to watch that actually now you've got that you're <laughs> unlikely to have a bald spot on the top of your head by just by wear in the same way that babies do when they lie on their backs for ages they get bald spots if you were continually tweaking those effects you might risk a top 
monk type thing. That's my excuse. That's your excuse, is it? I lie on my back a lot, yeah. So, Mark, um, well, uh, we will be getting on to Reface shortly. Uh, Mark, I'm guessing uh, Minecon, isn't that a kind of uh, uh, Minecraft kind of festival type thing? It is. I should put the T-shirt on, really, shouldn't I? They gave me a T-shirt, and they're selling the T-shirts on eBay for £40. Bloody hell. Um, Yeah, Minecon is a Minecraft convention. Uh, Most of the people there were sort of my age with at least two children with them. So re- in reality, most of the people there were probably under 14. Um, so, and, and uh, oh, they put on a mind-blowing stage show at the end. There's, there's so much money in it, isn't fire there? And pyrotechnics and stuff. And then there's this whole thing. Every, every time uh, they kept announcing, oh, blah, blah, is a famous YouTuber. And all these kids were going absolutely mental and chasing around after these famous YouTubers. My son got um, a guy called Dan TDM's uh, autograph, and it was like a really big deal for him. And it's like mm-hmm. it would, would have been kind of like me meeting Mark Bolan, I think, <laughs> when I was his age. Um, and then there was something in the news the other day. There's this guy called PewDiePie, who's the top YouTuber, um, that he earned $7 million last year from his YouTube wow. videos. That's nothing, Mark. (laughs) 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 Tell him, Doty. That's just nothing, is it? It's nothing. What has it done? They should get... How long has YouTube been around, though? I mean, it's not been around that long, and and there's people who've been doing it for like four or five years who are earning that kind of money, and it's it's the most extraordinary thing. Well, it ain't Um, us. I mean, it's brilliant, but it's it's also... I can't quite... I I haven't quite adjusted to this whole... Well, the whole the whole somebody could come out of uni and play games on the computer for a living and comment on what they're doing, and suddenly they're world famous. It's just bizarre. It's it's funny. My my daughter watches a lot of YouTube, and that's what the youth do. I mean, that's where they get their their kids. Anyway, let's get back on target because we have obviously yesterday was the day uh, as we've been commenting, and I'm quite glad really because I felt a little bit of a fraud kind of writing news stories saying the next teasers out and you know, not being able to comment on things, because obviously, you know, we'd filmed this stuff, uh, which I should be able to play a little bit of. This is the DX, um, which actually... Oh, no, it's not. Is that the DX? I can't tell from... Oh, no, it's not. That's the CP. That was actually really, really nice. Um, And there's a presentation on there. And um, let me just... I was messing around at the end, and I have to say... It got... If you're into Lalo Schifrin and all of those kind of 70s soundtracks, Harold Budd, this is kind of actually quite capable of all of those mad sounds anyway I, I'll, I'll stop there but then also we obviously got the uh, let me see if we can find this one we got the the, the CS which is the um, uh, the kind of virtual analog then we've got the YC which is a very cute looking thing I have to say let's see if I can find a, uh, a shot of it and then of course the DX which is a re- did sound lovely got a pair of effects but I mean you know this is the big the big release, you know, now we can all speak of it. And uh, th- it blew up. I mean, we posted these videos last night at 9 o'clock UK time. And by this morning, they'd had 40,000 views between them, which is kind of considerable, you know, considering we're just talking about a bit of music technology. This isn't kind of, uh, you know, a Minecraft video or anything. It, it, there is obviously a massive appetite to know what's going on. That's down to partly due to the hype of what was going on. Now, um, Mark, I'm not sure why I've come to you first, but, uh, but I mean, it's, it's exciting that there's a new range of instruments. I mean, obviously, there's lots of mixed, 
opinion, shall we say, about it. Mini keys, obviously, uh, and and what have you. I, I, actually, I'll come back to me because one of the first things I want to say is, you know, people have said it's like hugely expensive. I think it's three, four, seven uh, in the UK for each one. I think that the upper range that was quoted in the US is seven nine nine dollars, which is not going to happen. It's going to be four nine nine. Still at the higher end, but I have to say, in their defence. When you hold or touch one of these things, they are built like no other thing with mini keys I've ever seen. Yeah, they really are pretty sturdy, pretty solid. They feel like a quality thing, which may or may not have any bearing on 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 that. What you think about the notion, but I just wanted to say that right away. And they are quite compelling to play. Um, did do and I'm getting I'm thinking maybe Mark, you might be interested in the organ one just because it's sort of got a got a kind of vibe to it. Definitely. Well, I mean. Yeah, I have so much to say about these things, and well, I, 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 I am a, a people don't know it, but I love combo organs. I have a Wurlitzer seventy two hundred, and I just I, I love combo organs. But I have to say, overall, I struggle to understand where this is supposed to fit in the whole the whole way that things work in regard to synthesizer releases because. It seems to me, now maybe I'm crazy, and I'd be interested to hear what everyone thinks about this, but are there still people who are doing virtual analog? And if so, I don't really understand why, because there's so much affordable actual analog, I don't really understand why you'd pursue a digital version of it. And with that sort of thinking, I'm just kind of like, hmm, what? who, who is this aimed at? Well, Roland, and I it, would say for a start, do. Right, right. The, the other thing I wanted to ask you, Nick, these keys, are they like microcorg mini keys or MS-20 mini sort of mini uh, No, they're mini keys, but they're not super light plastic. They do, I know that the, much has been made of, you know, they, 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 I think one of the quotes was play, it's like it's been made by a real keyboard player. And I do have to say, you know, the keyboards actually do feel quite nice. You know, I mean, I'm, I, we're talking about a memory of it that was probably three weeks ago we shot this, so... From what I remember, because of the mass of them as well, they're heavy things. When you play them, there's not this sort of sense that they're kind of buckling and bending and creaking and sliding about, particularly if you're thinking, you know, you might be swiping the organ keyboard and getting into it. They feel chunky, and the keyboards themselves feel actually do feel quite nice. They're quite a positive feel. So it's not as unpleasant as an experience if you're used to big keys uh, playing these mini keys as perhaps some other ones. And that, so, But yes, they are mini keys. There's no denying that, I'm afraid. Well, the thing I have to ask everybody is, if you're going to go with something digital, doesn't it make more sense to go with software or something that actually has more digital options than just a few focused options? And I know the concept is, no, but you can take this anywhere. But where, where are, are you, you taking it? <laughs> <laughs> to the campfire it, and I, I made a lot of jokes on my Facebook page but I was kind of like is you know is is there a new batch of combo organ players that are two fingering it by the campfire somewhere I mean I don't really understand any aspect of wh what this is directed towards I think that's a fair a fair uh, comment actually and I, I would I would tend to agree I mean I think that the I'm guessing. I mean, I didn't get an inside track on this. I think the thinking of it is, obviously, there's a lot of small keyboards that have a reasonable amount of power in them, and that just seems to be a way that a lot of people are releasing stuff. And so I'm guessing 
it makes them different to perhaps anything else that maybe Yamaha have uh, because they've not. I don't think they've done mini keys. Well, perhaps was the CSO one mini keys? CSO two? I think yeah. they were. Oh, well, and then there was the whole PSS series, which I've made the joke that they're bringing the PSS series back with this. I mean, they did all of those PSS. But it's the PISS cast- series thing, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> easy, easy. I want to keep things civil. <laughs> but yeah, you know what I'm saying. It's like they've kind of already done something like this. Mm. I think. I mean, no? It, I, no. I think it's a transitional thing. It's got to be because, mm. in the same way that Roland are transitioning, you know, this is perhaps what Yamaha are considering too. Gaz, mm. I have been really pondering over this. I, I, I was quite shocked when I saw them and really kind of um, confused. Uh, but I've been mulling over it and starting to realize that these are really quite attractive products. And it's almost like, um, it's like a different market. It's a totally different market than what used to exist. It's a, you know, and the fact that they're small, much has been mentioned about, you know, people having apartments, not much space, that kind of thing. And I think Mm -hmm. that that is a huge influencing factor on these designs, huge and I think the fact that they've got this, as you mentioned, a really brilliant build quality. And I mean, like the YC one especially is just gorgeous as a product. It's lovely. The red is so sumptuous and attractive. And the switches, you know, there, there's something extremely, you know, kind of desirable about them. I think when more people experience them in the flesh, I think people might start kind of getting it a bit more. But I think that the the important thing to bear this in mind is that, you know, when us kind of synthesis types are looking at it, we're like looking at it at at the CSS, at the CS one and looking at it from there. And the CS one as a synthesizer is quite a simplistic synthesizer. And you think, blimey, but in the grand, in, in combination with all four of them and appealing to people who've never had, since before i think that that's a very attractive feature set you know and the way that they've laid it out could prove to be extremely uh, educational for people you know uh, but i don't think that they're aiming it for uh, uh yeah you know synthesizer Actually, look, just people. just quickly mark i th- mark um doty i think they look a little bit longer than mini keys to me so i think you might be right yeah. they they are they aren't mini keys are generally shorter than that aren't they that mm-hmm. in their true sense so that might well yeah. be uh, can I just finish this one point? Yes, though? of course. So, so, so as a kind of family, once people actually get hold of them, I can see people being completists and wanting to get the the the, the collection of them because mm-hmm. they're small enough to warrant that kind of thing, and because they're these desirable things, the chunky knobs and sort of you know playable, and they've made them really playable, and that the speakers are quite good, you know. I just think it's going into a, such a different market that that your your assessment of it has to sort of be maybe shifted for that purpose. Now, the thing that does seem like a huge miss, what they've missed on, if we're talking kind of zeitgeist stuff, is they've you know they should have put class compliant audio interface into it in anticipation for this thing that we're banging on about, which is like mixers with loads of USB hub you know mm. so you just have a usb it is, socket yeah, it's just we've talked it. about this that's what they should have done because then you can imagine those things would have been great because you could have just taken usbs all into one thing aggregate the sound you know anyway that's, that's, that's that was my 
that's my little that's my little soapbox addition. I wanted. No, to put I on. think that's fair enough. I, I mean, actually, if you think about it, I mean, if you think like the Volkers, battery powered, portable, with a speaker, crappy speaker, admittedly. Um, so you know, there might be, uh, and the, the what are the other ones? I can't remember. Yeah, well, so so you know, I can I can sort of understand that. I know, Mark. Did any of this? Did any of this kind of uh, ignite any uh, passion in you? Me, Mark. Yes. Um, <laughs> I, it, you didn't. You know what they remind me of? Uh, they remind me of the Yamaha CS01. Yeah. Which was a right solid little thing, uh, very well built. It did something sort of fairly simple and it did it really well and i'm so just i see these as doing something fairly simple and doing it really well i i i was taken by the idea of having really clean uh fm synthesis mm. I, I think it's a mistake for them to am i right in saying it's four operator yes it is four lim- operator. huge limitation because the difference between a dx7 and a dx100 in my in my mind is that is uh, the, there's some sounds that I used to use on the DX7 that the DX100 couldn't get close to, and I'm guessing that they, that might be true of this as well. Uh, I thought it was cute that they followed the kind of the design ethos of the the original, because it's a kind of that brownie colour, isn't it? Well, that's what it looked like in the video. Um, it's a, that kind of yeah, dark green. Oh, actually, this is interesting. Someone just pointed out in the chat room. Sorry, I, I, it's passed by. Uh, these are actually going for. 289 on Andertons. Pounds? Which, yeah, which is a lot Still more... expensive. Well, that's more in the ballpark. That's, solid, that's like 50, 60 quid cheaper, you know? Yeah, if it's a solid piece of kit, I guess it's okay. I mean, what surprised me most was the ones I was most interested in were the ones that, that um, uh, I'm least likely to make the same sounds as the sounds I make in my computer. So I was quite interested in the cp yeah it's lovely and i really like the idea that you've got access to that uh that delay and you can like really mess around with it and and that it makes those toy sounds i love toy sounds um and uh, there's just something really kind of like hands-on about it that there's i mean i guess i can map controllers to pianos in my computer but there's just something about this that it's just like oh actually you know what? I kind of, I kind of fancy one of those, and the same with the organ as well. But simply because it's got all those little switches on. So from an aesthetic point of view, I think they're nice aesthetically. Yeah. And, and yeah. I could see myself being interested in one from that, from that point of view. I just don't know if I'd stretch to that much money for something that just. I mean, like Mark says, where am I going to use it? You know. Well, I. It, I all my other small keyboards are in boxes or bags around the house, and I've got like this big. I've I've ended up buying a roll. What is this thing? Hang on a minute. Oh yeah, I want I wanted big keys, so I ended up buying a Roland JV80 off eBay for like fifty quid, and I use that as my main keyboard now. And all the other ones have got uh, packed away in boxes. And and if I go anywhere, I tend to take an iPad or a laptop. So I don't know. Would I? Would I? Would it just be another thing that I think? Oh, this is really pretty, and it gets packed away in a box somewhere. Well, I, I, I will say one thing. I mean, and I, I have a Wurlitzer in the corner here, which actually ends up being used as to put things on more than anything else. <laughs> so the idea of well, having something, sm- the, but the idea of having something smaller. I mean, I, I think at two eight nine, we're built-in things on it. Two, built-in speakers, though. See, quality built-in speakers. I tell you, that's a great thing, and people have looked down their noses at that for years. No, I think that's a good thing. Built-in too. speakers. A fantastic. Mm, if, yeah. And it sounds like, in this case, that they've made them sound pretty decent. 
Yeah, I, 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 I don't remember. I mean, you get quite a lot. Of, I mean, the thing, the thing for me, I mean, having I played with them, and the, the two that really floated my boat were the CP because you can get really sound designing. The reverb is massively long if you want, but the analog delays, yeah. all of those parameters are modulatable, so you could create little chorus effects and stuff by you know routing it in or whatever. But the fact that you could reach it in place, I mean, yeah, three octaves is not really very much when it comes to actually playing a, a, a piano keyboard, as we know, it's it's almost nothing. Um, but as I say, on Anton's, they're already showing them at 289 UK. Now, I, does that mean that we're going to start seeing them as, that's about 100 bucks difference. So that could be, th uh, what's it, 399 in the US by the time they finally reach the store. That's quite an interesting, that's a bit, that's, that's certainly much closer to what people might be prepared to pay for them from the outset than, than 345 or, or 499 US dollars, I suppose. And, uh, but playing them they're very they are actually quite compelling the, the the cp is very compelling it's more less as a player thing but more of a sound designy thing and the dx the thing about the dx is it has this little phrase looper in it which sounds yeah yeah whatever but you can create these quite nice little um motifs in it and then mess with the sounds and it, it i think it's got triangle and square waves um and sine i believe I, i'd have to check that so it's not just the simple sine waves that you would get in the uh, original dx the only thing that i would say, I would uh, say I would, that I, would make a massive difference yeah, yeah. Uh, the only other thing is that was a real downer was i thought brilliant we could load all of you know i've got thousands and thousands of there are thousands and thousands of fm patches out there but sadly they're not compatible and that is a shame um, so that that was perhaps Mr. Trick, but it's a different architecture. It's not the same thing. It's got two effects engines. It's got these other things. That, so it is a bit different. Okay, so I'm going to take back what I said about four operator not being enough because um, the problem with the DX7 was if you wanted to do anything clever with waveforms, you ended up having to use a couple of operators to feed into each other to create to create, create waveforms. Wave right. So you'd use up half your operators making waveforms other than sine waves by by modulating so so if it can do other waveforms uh then perhaps it's going to be more powerful than i imagine so i'll take that comment back yeah it, it sounded really good didn't it the actual on the on the, Which on the sound feature really good the, yeah the sound was really, really really bold and you know which one the dx like, you're talking about the dx yeah, yeah. yeah and and no noise because, you know, yeah. I, I used to have a TX7 and I loved it, but it was just like, oh, well, it, sound, just, it well, sounded like this. Mark, if you just make a word, make a noise. Me? Yeah, you can hear all that noise coming in because I've gated your channel. <laughs> That's what the TX sounded like. <laughs> Mark Tinley. Sorry, Mark, Mark Doty. Yeah, I, I mean, know, because my channel's perfectly clean. Yeah, well, that's true. But uh, that... Yeah, I, I am using my <laughs> laptop speaker. So that's you're all right. Hearing... That's okay, but no, I'm, I'm just just to illustrate the point. You know, it is much much quieter. So you know, but yeah, it remains to be seen. I, I suspect there'll be a move to try and drop the price down because that seems to be the most criticism aimed at it at the moment. Because it's that yeah. you know all of the things combined, when you haven't felt the build quality, it feels like it costs a lot. I have to say one thing, and this is kind of a, a major pet peeve with me, and it is that. Making a reference to a legacy product and then not actually making something that has anything to do with that legacy product, I think is a massive manipulation of yeah. of consumers. And it's insulting to people like me. I mean, I've got a CS50 sitting oh, over there. Uh, 
And to say, oh, this this CS really takes the CS legacy and carries it on, and it's like, you know, that is a lie. Because no, it doesn't. If you've got a digital synthesizer in there, there is absolutely literally nothing in there that has anything to do with the CS legacy. <laughs> Not even a tiny bit, unless they actually went to the trouble of modeling individual circuitry or whatever. And I know they didn't do that because it'd be easier just to throw an analog oscillator in there. So for people like me, it's like the CS is absolutely worthless because we have small synthesizers, analog synthesizers that we can play. And it may well have really good build quality and it may have really cool sounds, but hearkening to an analog legacy with a digital synthesizer, it would be like if they would have done the, the they, DX they and then not used FM. Yeah, They should have perhaps called it the AN though, because the AN range, that's what the engine is based on, and that's got a decent legacy of its own in a you know, much shorter term that history, but... The AN oh, was, was. Well, yeah, I mean, was. I suppose you so. know, but if they were know, looking what, back at things, what's wrong with the AN series? Yeah, I suppose. And, and I think, you know, we've seen this before. If you do that, I mean, Roland did it with the Jupiters, which we, people don't really talk about anymore because, again, it wasn't really... It was, it was philosophically linked, as they argued, but they've still pushed the notion of mm. this legacy thing. And that's what Yamaha did. And I think, yeah, in re yeah. on reflection, that is perhaps a mistake because people who know about these things, like Mark or whoever, or, or you know, feel like they want to know about these things, feel a bit uppity about it because they do feel like they've been conned a little bit. But... Uh, mm. But they are here. Uh, I'm gonna. I want to. I want to try and get hold of uh, one for review, uh, or, or a couple of them for sure, because I think you know they will be interesting to see what you can do with them. And I think that that. I mean, I suppose. Or just just going back to the reference to the CS, I suppose there is one element of it that does refer to the CS, and that's the ring mod wave. So you know mm. that that was a very classic kind of CS80 sound, uh, and some other CS models as well. But there may be seventy and sixty, so and that sounded quite familiar. But that's about it, I think. To be fair, there's, there's one minor problem with all these things as well, though, which I, uh, which you know we've been doing synthesis for like I don't know fifty years or something or whatever. Um, or everything that anybody ever designs always leads people into working in a way that we've been working for all this time. And there's so much more that could be done with electronics and waveforms that nobody explores because everybody is trying to bring something to market. Uh, it just it just seems a shame that the you know they've simplified it, and then the simplified process leads you back into working the way we've always worked. I think I think exactly. I'm, I, I like synth. You know, occasionally, someone will release a synth that doesn't do that, and then that, and then that becomes a little bit more interesting. But I guess, I mean, at this price point, you wouldn't expect that. No, I suppose not. I don't um, know. Gaz, you, wanted, seems, you, you know, wanted to come in there. Can I just make a little speculative, wibbly wobbly kind of um, rumours uh, sure. moment of Why the show? Not? So, in the kind of the lead up to this some pictures appeared of three small compact Yamaha synths that were kind of mock-ups yeah. now is it 100% mock-ups they were done I think they were done by a, a guy in Germany um, I think um, it was on the uh, oh gosh I can't remember uh, Amazona um, but, site I believe but they looked didn't they look fantastic 
you know, they looked like amazing. And so that's what people really want because they were small, yeah. but they were really cool. They looked ace. And I was kind of going, wow. When I first saw those, just, um, you know, wow, wow, wow. Well, oh, these are gonna wasn't be them amazing. a BL? Yeah, one of them was as well. Yeah. I'll have uh, a BL. But I just, I just wondered <laughs> if, if there was any chance that there's any reality behind them. Because well, there's this, this, this thing about Richard Devine, isn't there? There's a video of Richard Devine. Yeah. Isn't it? And Richard Devine was praising this new Yamaha thing, and now they put a disclaimer on there that it's not the reface that he was getting excited about. So what was he getting excited well, about? I think was it them? I think it's fair to say, and this is there's no secret that Yamaha, like the other manufacturers, certainly like Roland, are looking to kind of move in this direction. And this is the first go at whatever it is their plans are. You know, these companies work on a three-year cycle. You know, they plan for the three years and then they kind of do the next three years or however many years it is, and then they move in that direction and that's what they do. So undoubtedly there's going to be more. Uh, I have no idea what it's going to be. I mean, I'm guessing, you know, we've discussed this before, you know, the, the notion of moving from one technology, which is essentially their motif engine, uh, or the uh, AWM2 synth engine, and, and migrating into something new is not something that can be done swiftly, is it? It's, it's, uh, it, it's a difficult to, thing to deal with. I think, I think the most annoying thing for me was that it's called Reface, and I got very excited at the idea of something that I could just switch the fascia on and, and end up with like one thing that could do four <laughs> different things. And, That's a good idea. and they're selling me four things that can do four different things, but then I end up with four sets of mini keys, and I don't want four sets of mini keys. One set's okay. I don't mind having one set, but I want I I'd like to be able to pull the block out of the top. I mean, imagine that if it was like kind of a little modular. Yeah. Thing, like Lego, you just pull the thing pull the thing out the top, and you turn it into the other thing, and. A lot of us imagine that it was like that, Mark. That's yeah. that's what everyone kind of thought was going to happen. I mean, if it was if it was twenty inches wide, you could have like a nineteen-inch slot in the top of it where you could just put a thing in there that was maybe like a couple of inches deep, and it would just click in there. Or you could bolt it into a rack, and then you could buy four of them and stick them in your rack, and then you wouldn't have to have the mini keys at all. Way. <laughs> that's fair. Sorry about that. I was just uh, I just got a notification the stream's gone I... down, so I. Just... I... Oh. Keep an eye on it, but uh, we're still recording, so um, hopefully everything I'd, is all fine. I'd imagine, though, if you had all four of the Reface keyboards, if you had all four of them set up in a jamming sort of situation with a with a band playing away, I reckon, I reckon they would work out quite nicely if you could adjust to those keys. That is, but you know, God. I'm well, Gaz, thinking. that brings up an, a point I wanted to make. Um, Okay, so I've been demoing uh, these new slim key synths of Korg, like uh, the Odyssey and like the MS-20. And as a keyboard player, I don't have really any trouble with them at all. My fingers naturally, without any effort, adapt to the slightly smaller spaces really, really easy. But what I was thinking about, and tell me if you guys think this way as well, I don't mind playing monophonically with smaller keys, but I have to admit, I don't like playing a piano with smaller keys or an organ where I'm using all of my fingers and I'm, you know, simultaneously relying on those distances. And, you know, it's a, it's a lot different thing to play polyphonically with mini keys than monophonically with uh, mini keys. Do you guys have that same feeling? 
That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree with that. I mean, it definitely does uh, tend to sort of cramp, uh, particularly small keys. Polyphonically, you like to be able to, you know, when you're working on a big keyboard polyphonically, you get you can do all sorts of great things, and that's fantastic. Um, it seems like um, this might be a good time to do an ad because uh, I've essentially, uh, the stream seems to have uh, bonked, and I'm uh, being a solo operation, it's quite hard to figure out what's going on. But uh, nonetheless, we'll, uh, we'll soldier on, and uh, if, you've, uh, if you are seeing this or aren't, we'll try and um, get you back online uh, as soon as possible. Right, uh, so let's have our ad. Please. <laughs> ah, here we go. Isotope. This is uh, Trash 2. Uh, this is. Uh, have you ever dreamed of the Trash model? 60 plus distortion algorithms. Design your own unique distortions from massive mild to everything in between. The new customizable multiband wave shaper let your tracks inhabit any space or object with the new Convolve module. Choose from over 100 impulse responses or load your own to put in a base, waste, base in a washing machine or keys in a cave. Find a new voice, make your audio speak and growl. Uh, two redesigned filter modules, each one with new valve format filters, filters, screaming peaks and mo node modulations and more. Start trashing your audio immediately with an extensive new preset library and ear-friendly limiter that ensures you can play without fear. That is Trash 2 there. And of course, uh, as with all of our podcasts at the moment, sponsored by uh, Isotope, we asked you, uh, there is competition, but first of all, we should announce last week's competition. Last week, we asked you uh, to tweet out the hashtag uh, 4EQ modes and the hashtag Ozone6 because uh, obviously we were giving away Ozone6 then and the winner was a chap called D Jim Child whose Twitter handle is at Shepherd Jim uh, and he's, he is the winner so if you want to get in touch Jim the Isotope Fairy will make your dreams and wishes come true I do hope so thanks once again and if you actually want to uh, enter this week which I heartily recommend you do uh, what you need to do is you need to be on Twitter you need to tweet the hashtag beyond distortion that's beyond and distortion joined together with two D's in the middle and the hashtag trash2 with the letter 2 on the end to at Sonic State and at Isotope Inc please do and uh, add some comments as well. We do like to read them out. So don't forget, if you're listening to the audio one, I'll just say that once again. Uh, the hashtag Beyond Distortion uh, with no spaces and the hashtag Trash2 with uh, two at the end to at Sonic State and at Isotope Inc. And we will announce the winner next week. So thank you very much to Isotope for sponsoring the show. So we've got a new topic as well. Let me just play the video. Oh, no, it's not that one. It's this one. <laughs> I'm flustered. So this was, obviously, the Beat Steps just came out. This is a fantastic video from uh, Sebastian, who uh, we saw at NAMM. He was doing, uh, was it Mesa? It might be Mesa. He was basically running a, a, a giant collection of Arturia gear. Uh, this is with Ableton Live, and this is a sort of studio jam. And I'm immensely jealous of the amount of stuff he's got going on there. And I'm guessing he's probably using some of them as drum sounds. So this is... I, Beautifully filmed in some uh, fancy studio somewhere, and uh, obviously, you know, everybody's jonesing for the Beatstep Pro because uh, we sh you might have seen we shot a video quite recently, which uh, also featured it with uh, Source Distribution, which I think I released uh, since the last podcast. So this is it; it's now available. 
And the really cool thing about this is now, I won't play the whole thing because uh, you can watch it at your leisure. It's now available. It's going to be £185. I don't know what it's billed at in the US, Mark. Is it uh, maybe 249 something like that? $249, something around that, I'd imagine. Yeah, I heard a price once, but I don't remember what it was. Yeah, well, that's no problem. But I'm guessing... A man like you, with multiple uh, items of synthesis about the place, is that, do, this, do you feel the love for it? Because, I mean, traditionally, analog sequences are a real pain in the ass to use if you haven't got quantization on the note values and all of those things. They are a nightmare, frankly, to get into any sort of tune. So this looks actually kind of cool. Two, two channels of CV plus eight uh, gate outputs. Tasty. I... Yeah, I've never, I haven't really gotten into the, well, before I really wasn't into the step sequencer thing, but so many, all of the synthesizers being made now have them, and I've been demonstrating them, and I have to admit I am having a lot of fun with them, and I talked to Glenn Darcy at uh, Arturia about this when it was coming out, and he was so excited, and the way that he described it, it was like, this is the sequencer. If you're interested in this sort of sequencing, it's really this sequencer. And I have to admit, it, it does sound, with all the functionality it has, really tantalizing for sequencing. I, I'm, still, I'm still flummoxed. I don't know how the hell they get 10 octaves out of two CV channels with a 5-volt USB input. It just I don't really understand how that could be possibly done. I guess it's clever stuff that engin only engineers know how to do, right? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I'm, Gaz, I'm, Gaz, I'm, I'm thinking this is something that you're going, hmm, I'm, I'm after this, right? Oh, I'm mighty tempted. <laughs> I mean, uh, I've got the SQ1 here, so it's, uh, uh, and I really, really enjoy the SQ1. And actually, linking the SQ1 up with the BeatStep Pro would be quite nice as well. So, yeah, there's definitely. Uh, there's definitely room for one of those here. I was actually pleased. The price point was a lot lower than I was expecting it Me to too, be. Me too, yeah. I and thought I it was going to be 250 price, UK. Uh, I think they've got it just right. I mean, uh, you know, and it is an excellent drum pad controller for everything else as well that people seem to, you know, well, they haven't actually, not pushing that side of it at all, are they? The uh, Such is the demand for step sequencing. Um, it's a shame there's no polyphonic option. Yeah, I guess you can't have you everything. See, yeah, and uh, that, um, but, but, who, you know, there's a lot to like there, isn't there? You know, absolutely. I would tend to agree, and uh, like I say, I think it was, uh, but uh, as far as I understand, also the pad, each of the pads uh, transmit uh, CC on pressure, so you can have different CCs on different pressure for different ones. So just in terms of uh, MIDI controller, it, you know, it, it, it fulfills that as well so that's kind of cool i know mark you're not you're not kind of mr uh, lots of analog gear around to be sequenced i suppose so that perhaps this doesn't uh, doesn't fill you with such excitement um i watched the video all of it i thought it was quite interesting music um he's a great uh, demo guy actually sebastian he's really. a bit yeah he's he well if, if he made that stuff he's good yeah oh, he did. i'm guessing he did um uh I don't, I don't know what it is. I didn't understand what it was or what it did or why why it was doing things. It was controlling all that analog stuff through Ableton. No, not through right? Ableton. Ableton was running at the same time. Ableton was clocking it. I, I mean, I'm guessing he didn't go into the details, but I'm guessing that Ableton was probably clocking it or it was clocking out Ableton probably clocking it. 
and then it was sending out uh, CV and gate sequencing to all of those analog things. So I'm guessing the reason oh, you had okay. so many of those synthesizers is that some of them were just being triggered for individual drum sounds, yeah, the hi-hats and things. So that's why so there'd be a bass drum, one, a snare, because you can run uh, eight triggers, plus you've also got another row of eight on the top, which I think you can use to send over MIDI as well, so you can have combinations of things. Can can I ask then, Nick, because you had some experience with it then, did you try um, jumping between sequences? Was it really kind of ergonomically nice to do that sort of thing i didn't actually play it but i think what the way that it could work you can jump between sequences you can change the steps on the fly and switch them on and off you can also that the see each there's a master program which holds uh, the sequences and then each of the channels of the sequence has 16 patterns in it that you can then mm-hmm. flip between and chain up and do it is it there's a chain? Can you chain patterns then? I cannot answer that question honestly. To be honest, uh, I'm not sure. That would sure. be the killer one. That would be the killer. If you could chain up to sixteen patterns on per sequence, then that'd be amazing. So you could just take your hands off that, have a load of fun setting up that, leave it do its thing, move on to the next track, blah blah blah, work that way. But if otherwise it, it becomes like the spinning plates thing. That's what I've got going on here. You know, it really is just trying to change everything to stop things getting boring. Um, there's only so much you can do. Yeah, uh, with a one roller thing as well. I wanted to ask you about the the, the little sort of uh, that's kind of just affecting the clock, is it? The roller and you can the roller ah the ro- the, the the little pad yeah. thing that you ca- it's mm. it's like beat. No, I don't think it's affecting the. It, it loops sections of wherever you are in the sequence to at. Uh, I think it's eights or quarters, eights and sixteens, or, or some subdivision. So you can just kind of, if it's going dum dum dum, you go tick 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 or you know like whatever. DJ kind of tools. Well, kind of. I, I mean, I would have to spend some time with it physically. I mean, I wasn't able to to play with it much there because, we, it, it, as you saw, it was quite a big setup. But the good news was we did get the Simmons SDS eight hooked up and i was just i was that was a really proud moment for me and it drives that all right you know and i think yeah. the, the other thing is, is the gate outputs have been up because the original beat step the trigger outputs of the original beat step weren't hot enough to drive everything and whereas now they do uh 12 volt spikes so it will even drive an arp mark you'll be happy uh happy to know Ooh. so you know I, I think all of those things are going to be useful have you got an arp sequencer I don't, but we do have one in the Bob Moog Foundation archives that I have wanted to without, but I have not yet. I'm sure there must be a case for making a video or studying it so that when somebody comes in and asks you about it, you'll know what to talk about. (laughs) That's what I think. I think it's of real value that I have that here and test it. They're supposed to be very, uh, they're very desirable. They're quite rare, aren't they, ARP sequences? I don't know how rare they are because I've seen a fair amount of them, but people act like they are the desirable sequencer. So, yep. Um, okay, well, I think the stream is holding up. That's all right. I keep looking around because I just want to make sure it's all right. I think we just had such a massive demand for it that perhaps it sort of fell over and couldn't couldn't uh, refresh itself. And hopefully, this will all be all right. Um, okay. Well, Beatstep Pro, as I say, is available now. It's uh, winging its way to various places. So uh, do check it out. 185 quid and, and confirmed via the chat room. Thank you, chat room. Again, uh, $249, I believe, Sweetwater have it at. So that is actually Ooh. pretty... Oh, that's me, isn't it? Sorry, there we go. That's pretty reasonable. Mark looking a bit surprised. Sorry, Mark. <laughs> Tinley, did you... Oh, was that Gaz? Sorry, I no, missed... It was me. I was just saying about that new Boss pedal that's just been announced today, the DD500. I think it's worth 
flagging that because that you know that's a really great heritage that kind of boss digital you know delay pedals and uh it looks like just like the most it it looks to me that boss have seen strymon and uh um, oh, have a look i've got that here and and the eventide approach to pedals and look like they want a slice of that action let's have a look i've got a video here okay ah yes they've gone for the u2 style demo then clearly Um, yeah, uh, they missed the trick. They didn't. They didn't have the tom tom going on the on the sixteens uh-huh. like uh, like the, the drummer of you two. So um, it's, it. I just I, I want to flag one thing here. You see, it's just that Boss are now saying this about the analog dry through. They're saying that now on this. They've, ah. they've incorporated this, and we've seen this just in the last few years. And it's just interesting because it does tally with. Um, what happens in the synth world as well, you know, with the analog thing. But, um, you know, guitarists have been having their signal digitized just to use the effect. You have to have your signal digitized. But, you know, they realize now that you have to actually kind of shout about analog drive through. When it's not being um, digitized. Hmm. Analog yeah. what? Drive through. It just drive. means that the, the, the signal is mixed. You know, you're signal isn't being digitized it just passes through to the outputs ah, you know. and then recombined and, and and then the new effect the effect is then mixed at the output stage in you know like an analog mixer ah, i see i see well i wonder how that, that must be i mean how do they deal that with um hmm, latency i mean there must be some latency presumably but i think as well you tend to I, I i don't know i haven't seen it with this one but you know you tend to make that tends to be a, a, an option you can bypass if you want to use um uh, i well i don't know with this one actually but um i think latency is less of an issue for guitarists anyway i think right maybe personally. so because if i stick my guitar amp on the other side of the room i've got latency i've been doing that for years so i'm kind of used <laughs> to playing with latency good point <laughs> i mean sound travels at whatever it is 1700 and something feet per second doesn't it so if you if you're 1106 1106 right in there great yes what is that? one point mr doty 1106 11. feet per second okay well there you go so if your amp's like 300 feet away which is unlikely, I suppose. Which is possible on a big stage. I suppose it is so. Possible on a big stage. All right, if it's thirty that, feet away, there's still going to be a few. Well, yeah. three hundred feet away would be that, a third of a second, wouldn't it? So that's yeah, three hundred milliseconds. So that, that would be weird. DD, but... Sorry, that DD five hundred does also feature the Terra Echo, which was a standalone product, wasn't it? That Sonic reviewed. A oh short yes, it's very ambient kind of. Sort of mm. Yeah, they were nice. Well, we I think got... it looks awesome. This pedal, it does look really good. Ah, well, okay, we'll have to check that out. That's it. of course, because mm. of course, uh, Summer Nam is coming up. Is it this weekend? Yeah, I yes. believe so. Are you going, Mark? T- uh, Mark uh, Doty? 
No, uh, Michelle is, though. She'll be there. Uh, okay, so, uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, because obviously there's going to be people wanting to see the Reface stuff. Uh, there's going to be the Roland Ira stuff. I think Roland are announcing a few software products. Uh, or I'm not entirely sure whether I should have even said that. Um, I, uh, and uh, I don't know what else is going, but traditionally Summer Nam is not quite this bigger thing. It's more about sort of perhaps meeting your distributors and stuff. But it makes sense to try and use that show to kind of push press stuff out. But for us, trying to go to Nashville on uh, in July is probably one of the most expensive trips you could possibly imagine, just because of the because we're so close to the holidays, it gets really expensive. I guess we're just outside the summer holidays, so it might not be much. But it's like a thousand quid a person. You know, it's crazy crazy sort of price to get people there that's why we're not going um so i'm sorry if you're missing us but again and it wouldn't have as much there wouldn't we wouldn't be able to bring you as much uh, news and stories because basically there aren't th- uh, as many a higher concentration of people there if that makes sense um okay i just had a thought oh, yeah. actually so back to speed of sound let's just say it's around a thousand feet a second that means that every foot is around a millisecond. So if your guitar amp is 20 feet away, that's 20 milliseconds of latency, r- roughly speaking. Yeah, I think that might be might be about right. That does sound high, though, doesn't it? I suppose speed of sound, but yeah. Good point, Mark. Thank you for that clarity. Um, right, so what should we do next? Should we do the uh, CME, the iConnect, or SoftTube, or Splice? Anybody have any opinion? I thought Splice was actually quite interesting. Maybe we'll go to that... Um, that Spli- I got this uh, email actually the other day from this company, Splice. I'm not sure if we've talked about this before, but it's the yeah, idea... We have. So I'm on it, and I suggested to lots of people in the chat room that they fa- found me on it, and some of them have. And uh, I, I don't... Well, I haven't interacted with anybody particularly yet, but somebody sent me some links to things, so... Ah, okay. Well, Spli- I, I've, I've signed up here because the thing that I didn't know about it was the fact that it, it actually works in the same way as maybe some session management. It works alongside uh, your sessions and it allows you to um, uh, basically sync your, I think it works, Ableton Live, FL Studio, Logic X, GarageBand with more to come. So you can create a master session and then it will sync the stuff. I mean, you get unlimited storage, so it will sync the sessions and also give you this kind of history. I haven't checked it out yet, but I'm thinking it might actually be cool. But the reason that it made the news, certainly this week, was the fact that they've... uh, uh, created a kind of sound library apart from it so you can subscribe for i think it's eight bucks a month and then you get access to a bunch of sounds that you could then just pick and choose in your productions and it seems to me um there's quite a lot of people who are actually investing in it you know they've they've had uh, investment from let me see just i mean lots of edm type people steve angelo scooter brown wme and uh, They've, it also allows people to share their sessions and let people see how they're made up. So there's, there's actually backing from real that's, musicians, that's, which is kind of interesting. That's a really important thing. The fact that it shows you how the session's made up because it gives you an overview. So anything I've shared from Ableton, when I upload it, it shows the arrangement in a little kind of icon. It works out what's going on in, the, in your song and shows it to people, which I, I think is really clever. Um, I'm still not convinced about cross-platform compatibility between PCs and um, Macs, even though I've got a Mac and a PC with Ableton. I'm not always able to load sessions, even if I've um, only used Ableton things. Some things seem to fall apart on the way, but I guess if you're sharing things which are made up from stems, you'd be all right, or if you're sharing 
I mean, maybe logic things where you've only used logic components, then you're only on the Mac anyway. Huh. Um, I, but I do quite, I quite like the interface of Splice. It's uh, it's free, isn't it? So, I mean, that's the thing. I mean, apart from if you're paying, so it's in beta at the moment. So, Studio gives you. Uh, I haven't. Oh, I haven't installed it on this one, so I can't. I, I can't say. I haven't had time to actually check it out. I know, Gaz. We've talked. We have talked about this before, but the, the notion of this collaborative, the idea that what what I started to see a bit was like this notion of it being a whole community plus being able to buy stuff plus getting hold of plugins plus being able to share stuff, and it's all it's all encrypted and what have you, which I think perhaps makes it. Uh, a little bit different to some other things that we've we've talked about in the past. Uh, yeah, um, God, these things, I guess, are really. Uh, Someone's trying to get it right, aren't they? I mean, that's the yeah. Thing. It, but it, I, it, I guess the, one of the difficulties is to know which one that you want to really invest your time and get really involved in. Um, Ooh, I mean, it's an interesting idea, isn't it? In Not terms the of the one that begins with G, <laughs> drives me absolutely insane. Um, but ah, oh, gosh, I, it, it it's it does sort of raise this question of people who want to make music for fun, uh, you know, and to you know, as a hobby. And that kind of thing is brilliant for that. And then there's, you know, other types of musicians who are deadly serious about what they do and want and believe one day it will make them richer and famous. Um, and but you know, to I actually think that. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. But, I, I, so I, I guess so... this is the point: the amount of people who actually become successful, or but versus just the pure joy of making yeah. music. And to have a motivation to make music and to be involved in a community and get direct feedback about your involvement and, you know, because it's a lonely place, isn't it, being that serious musician toiling away in your studio, making all these top secret things that no one, no one will ever hear. Yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> so but I think it, it probably is going to take people a certain amount of um confidence and courage to get involved in these things as well yeah, really well, I, I think the really thing, get the most out of them I, th I think the thing for me that this seemed to suggest is is it was born out of a need for musicians or djs or producers on the road to be able to collaborate you know with their studio boys or whatever so that's the thing that's more interesting rather than sort of finding new people to work with this has an uh, an ability to sort of share so i don't know mark have you ever tried out any of these kind of things i mean when with with collaborations oh as far as collabor collaboration no, I really haven't. I, there, so many of the people that I interact with are doing electronic-based music, and as much as I do that online and certainly in the videos, really I'm much more of a normal rock musician. So, so many of these things seem to be weighted somewhat towards doing electronic music, but, I mean, it, it seems like a good idea, except for I don't have a DAW or ah, anything okay. like that. So, I... I'm still backing my stuff up to the very high-tech option of CDRs. Yeah. <laughs> ah, but, but good for you. I'm old-fashioned, but yeah. Certainly the collaborative aspect excites me, but I wonder if there's really an option for people who make music like I do. Hmm. Mm. Yeah, well, I, I think it definitely is tied to your DAW, and obviously they're looking to introduce more of them. And this, this can, I, I, can I just sort of... Just, and, sorry, I was really looking at one part of this more than 
the other part of it, which is the the backing up and the um, that side of things, you know, with it being, I was thinking more of of the fact that there is a collaborative aspect of it that could collaborate outside of your working circles. Um, uh, do you know this is brilliant for collaborating? I, I, uh, for this has this looks like what Ableton wanted to do. In able, we've talked about it before, wasn't it? In version, I think eight, and uh, didn't, didn't uh, they removed it from their um, from their adverts after a while? They, it was, you know, it was a, you know, a big feature coming. Um, for Ableton Live, it makes a lot of sense as well, uh, the way that you can share um, content. Um, wow. No, that, that it does look really good. I've just, I think we should. Uh, sorry, uh, I'm I just, I think, I've just I think, you know it now. I think maybe the thing to do is uh, maybe start something off and see how it works. I guess we all need a, yeah. a DAW of similar kind of. You could probably need versioning yeah. of DAWs and stuff. That might be an issue. But sorry, uh, uh, yeah. I was just going to say. I mean, I sort of remember. I mean, people have been trying to do this for years and years and years. Can you remember when Logic had that Rocket Network thing built into it for collaboration? Yeah, it didn't really kind of take off. Um, it? it was a bit. No, none of these time. things ever really take off. And you know what would make it take off? This is the idea that would make it take off. That is, uh, not everybody understands the process of making stems or of sharing stems or of importing other people's stems into their digital audio workstation. So if you had, if you created a format, a stems format, and actually didn't we have something from Native Instruments a few weeks ago which sounded like it was yeah, going the, in the, that direction? the stems format, yeah. You could persuade all digital audio workstation manufacturers to export to that stems format, and then you have a sharing workspace where you can go in there with any digital audio workstation and load that stems format into your machine and be able to work. That service would take off because it would save people from learning how to do that process, the stems process. Um, if they made that stems process unbelievably simple so anybody could do it, and it all went in this format to this sharing space. I think that would work. Well, maybe they're going to uh, introduce that. I mean, I think they're kind of they've obviously got they've got investment, and they've yeah. got people who are actual users. It's not like a bunch of uh, just sort of VC guys who go, "This is a good idea." There seems to be some vision behind mm -hmm. the investors as well, which I think you know is an unusual situation. I'm not saying it's yeah. unique, but it's not normally the norm, as it were. Um, okay, right. Um, have we got time for another one? I think I might stop it. I, I feel rather distracted because of the way that, uh, in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, has the recording worked? <laughs> and, yeah. that's, and, that, and that's, you have no idea how distracting that is. But uh, that saves us a couple of topics for possibly next week, which, uh, as we know, during the summer, things do get a bit lax. But while I'm here and I maybe have your attention, please do send anything in. If you've got an idea for a topic, leave it in the comments below or send us an email via the contact form or tweet or something, any of those things. We always do listen. I mean, we may not use all of them, but it's definitely helpful because sometimes we can't spot everything and be everywhere, obviously, because uh, there's only a few of us. But So if you fancy uh, sending something in, please do, and we'll be very pleased with that. We want to say thank you very much to our sponsors for sponsoring the show. And just to remind you that if you want to try and win Isotope Trash... 
You can uh, tweet the hashtag Beyond Distortion, which is one word, and Trash2, again, one word with the letter 2, to at Sonic State and at Isotope Inc. And you've got extra characters there in a, a tweet, so please do add any other comments you'd care to, and we'll be happy to uh, enjoy them at our leisure. So once again, I want to say thank you very much to everybody for joining the show. Thanks to the guys in the chat room for sticking with us, and uh, for those who perhaps dropped the live stream, hope you get to watch this on YouTube, where I'll upload it as soon as I possibly can. So that's it for this week. Uh, I want to say thank you to Mark Doty, Bob Moog Foundation. You probably have you got a day's work ahead of you now as well, which is uh, yes, I do. Oh, yes, I bless do. you, sir. I'm very kind with your time. Thank you very much, as all our guests are. Um, so please do check out Mark's work. He's obviously automatic gainsay on YouTube as well, where he does some fantastic synth videos, and uh, presumably more to come. Right. ah yes don't you just love the summer a summer of synths anyway Mark thank you very much and also Mr Gaz Williams over there in Bristol gazwilliams.me check out uh, and he's a bass player producer all of those things and uh, thank you for your time too hope you have a uh, good full week of work ahead of you Oh, it's, yeah, I've got a manic week. It's brilliant, but it's, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, can I just uh, ask people oh. to pop over to Facebook and like the Matuki page, please? I just said, I've said, I, I, I I've said to the, the guy, hooray! hooray! That's the band that you played at Glastonbury with, wasn't it? Right. That, that's right, yeah. So it's just because it's a brand new, it's a brand new group. It's just done its first gig in Glastonbury, and um, it's just one of those things to get more people liking it is going to help get it moved on a little bit <laughs> cool okay yes it will do so we'll put the link in the show notes for that thank you very much and also mr mark tinley over there in uh, glastonbury where he's uh, presumably oh have you, have you just barked your shin mark no no i've got i've got minecraft foot <laughs> i don't know what the hell that is but <laughs> oh you know that steps app that you've got on your iphone it just kind of uh my missus oh i see a, you, you uh, all right something like twelve thousand steps on saturday wow <laughs> so we just walked round and round excel for hours and hours and hours and and because i had that foot operation a couple of years ago uh my tendons don't like me doing that anymore so uh ah. so it's going ow ah well i i appreciate i can understand that i think um we did a music messer um rob one of the reporters that we took over he had an app on his phone and he i think he did something like seven miles in an afternoon and that was just a half day of the preview day so it does mount up pretty quick anyway yeah. thank you Especially mark when you lose your child as well we, ah, we yes. managed to do that <laughs> which was amusing um but yeah i know you're very welcome anyway uh, they're just in the chat room. They want to know who won. It was a chap called, now if I just, last week, a cat chap called Jim, Jim Child at Shepherd Jim. So uh, he will be the winner of the last week's Isotope Ozone 6. Anyway, that's it for this week. Thank you very much. I'm going to hit the fade to black button and we shall sail off into the darkness. Mwahaha. <laughs> <laughs>